0: done investing, went through his MBA, Found eventually found a CTO partner back in 2016 to build Everlance. You know, it's a much better mousetrap to get access to financial data and then figure out how to provide utility value to end consumers and teams from that data. They currently have over 400,000 folks using Everlance really to help them automatically travel, sorry, and track uh, their mileage in almost like a Tinder for taxes kind of way. They raised 3 million bucks June 2017, had about 10,000 customers, 50 grand in MR, now uh, tripled both those numbers. So healthy growth, 2% net monthly revenue churn which is the same as logo churn in this case one pricing plan they'll spend anywhere between two months of uh, of customer value up to you know 12 13 months of lifetime value to acquire these customers this is the top entrepreneurs podcast where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn each episode features revenue numbers I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Alex Marlentes. He's got a, uh, he went to UCLA and got a BS in complex systems, then was at Goldman Sachs as a, an investment banking analyst, then an investor at Valiant Capital, Stanford Graduate School of Business MBA, and most recently, Everlance co-founder and CEO. We're going to dive into that today. Alex, are you ready to take us to the top?
1: I uh, am. Yeah, thanks All for right. having me. You
0: bet. What is Everlance doing? How do you make money?
1: Everlance is an automatic mileage and expense tracking app. So it's pretty simple. Um, One way to think about it is if you're self-employed and you need to keep track of your business expenses for taxes, a lot of people might do that using a shoebox of receipts or a paper mileage log. Everlance automates it all using a smartphone app. And now we also have employees using that same tool for reimbursement.
0: That's interesting. So I've seen these apps and my tax accountant back in the day was always like, Nathan, you should be tracking this. I'm like, do I look like the kind of guy that's going to keep a post-it note on my dashboard in my car and record starting miles and ending miles and then add it up at the end of the year? There's no chance I'm doing that. Um, so they would say, well, install the Intuit app or install apps like this. And I just had never got addicted to them. So how are you? I imagine you thought a lot about onboarding. How do you get people addicted to this thing right away?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that actually helps us a lot is you probably have seen ads for, you might've seen ads for my like you or QuickBooks self-employed. Those are two competitors. And actually they do a lot of sort of like broad based media outreach. So, um, you know, YouTube ads, TV ads, radio, and so that'll kind of help educate that category. Um, and one of the things that they'll say, and you know, I think it might be helpful for you, is you know, every thousand miles you track is worth up to you know, $540 as a deduction. And so for a lot of folks, mileage could be sort of the most valuable source of, of their business write-offs, and they just don't pay attention to it, but they really should. Um, but to answer your question, what we think of as sort of our moment of joy, or like when we hook people is when um, the app automatically records something for them. So for sort of a direct-to-consumer thing, that can be challenging because you got to move them through the funnel of giving you permissions for, for their location. They actually have to go for a drive, sort of have the, have the tool sort of magically do the work for them and then show them the value. Um, and then generally, you know, if they went for a drive and they see, you know, hey, I drove 20 miles to go visit this client, and, you know, boom, that is an $11 write-off, and all I need to do is sort of swipe right one second. It's almost like, you know, kind of like Tinder for taxes um, and claim that value. Like that feels really good. And, you know, one thing that we've seen is that the orientation is flipped a little bit, you know, rather than it being sort of like a pain, um, like, oh, geez, like I got to do all the expense tracking. It's a little bit like, oh, man, like, am I leaving money on the table? So that helps.
0: So what is it? Swipe left. If it's a business trip, swipe right. If it was personal. Exactly. (laughs) That's funny. Or maybe maybe actually opposite. Right. Um, Very good. And then and then. What about the actual onboarding though? So when people are finding you, are you just positioning yourself in the same kind of channels that these other guys are pouring massive amounts of money in and just kind of riding the wave?
1: Yeah, pretty similar. You know, what we really sort of pride ourselves on is having the best rated app. And so a lot of times people will go to the app store and compare. And so, you know, once someone's educated, like, oh, I should do something like this. What they'll do is they'll take out their phone and they'll search for, you know, a generic search term. So like mileage log. We also do a lot on the expense side um you know tax deductions, you know, employer reimbursement, things like that. And then, you know, we really just focus on having an incredible sort of product and, and good ratings and reviews. And then we'll pick up users that way.
0: That's interesting. And and what's your business model? So how do you make money?
1: Yeah. So kind of a vanilla SaaS business today. Um, one way to think about it is similar to Dropbox. You want everyone to use the app. Um, the more people that use the app, the better. That sort of grows our word of mouth. And then eventually sometimes people will hit a paywall. And so what most people pay for is automation. And so the way that the app can automate things um, is around either completely automatic GPS tracking. So one way that you can um, they'll they'll eventually pay that our subscription fee, which is either eight dollars a month or sixty dollars a year, is they'll want to tie in their bank and credit card statement. And so sort of similar to mileage, Everlance can pull in your credit card statement and then sort of surface to you what might be a business write-off. So someone might be like, hey, Nathan, we know that you're a screenwriter. Did you know that Netflix might be a research expense, right? And so sort of surfacing that extra deduction is super helpful. Um, or if you're a real estate agent, maybe Zillow would show up as – a, you know, a proper deduction, and so that sort of um, sort of automation um, is something that the people like, and and they see a lot of value, and and that's what they'll pay for.
0: So, true or false, Everlance is a better mousetrap than other people have built to essentially capture financial data, of which you can deliver real utility, but there's also many ways you can monetize that.
1: Yeah, totally. So, you know, our hope and bigger ambition is that, you know, if we become sort of the financial system of record for self-employed people and, and small businesses, that data is super interesting. And, um, you know, rather than selling the data, you know, can we use that data to make people's lives you know easier? And so eventually we think, you know, there could be a bunch of follow on products.
0: So give me some of the, the backstory here. When did you launch the product?
1: Um almost two and a half years ago now. Um so met my co-founder Gabriel um while we were both in, in business school and uh he's he's a CTO and he was a back end engineer and building a, a business for um kind of like a Wix or Weebly, uh a small website builder um in Mexico. And so he had a lot of passion for that audience and, and the right skill set. So we partnered together and then launched um an iOS app in um September, October
0: of twenty fifteen. That's great. Okay. 2015. And then fast forward to today, how many folks are using the app both free and paid?
1: Yeah. So I think the last numbers we've sort of released is, um, a little over 400,000 registered users. Um, and then you have that sort of long funnel. A lot of folks continue to use that for free. There's of course churn. Um, and we have a little over th- the last numbers we reported earlier this year were 30,000 paid subscribers.
0: Oh, that's great. Okay, good. So 30,000 paid subscribers times eight bucks a pop. I mean, that's a quarter of a million bucks a month. Is that generally accurate?
1: It's less than that because most people will actually pay for the year at 60. Oh, I see. Um, we like that because, you know, I think we will eventually move into paid marketing. And so that'll accelerate our cash on cash payback period. Yep. But um, but yeah, you're in, you're in the ballpark.
0: Yeah, no, no cash gap. So if we just change 30 grand times five bucks a month, it's 150. But again, you're pulling all that cash forward. Yep. And what's, what's growth look like year over year?
1: Um, growth has been great. So um, I think around this time last year, we were... Uh, just past 10,000 paid subs.
0: Oh, great. Okay, good. And and same pricing model? Or have you drastically changed the pricing model? Same pricing. Okay, good. So so June 2017, call it, you know, 10k subscribers or 50 grand a month. You've since, you know, more than tripled at that point, again, pulling all this cash forward. Um, what about what, well, let's see, have you gone through a full cycle? You have gone through a full cycle. You've been around two years. What does churn look like?
1: Yeah, on, on paid, paid subs, um, because a lot of it's sort of annualized, it, it, you know, a lot of that churn will happen on month 12 slash month 13. But typically we see, including that, around 2% monthly churn.
0: Okay, that's actually not horrible for this kind of product.
1: Yeah, well, we know that the mortality for a lot of freelancers is, you know, you know they might themselves have churn of 30% as a category. So we're really sort of proud of the product market fit there. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's great. Now, is that's 2%, is that gross logo churn or or, or, or revenue churn or what? It's the same. Okay, got it. Yeah, because you only have one price point. Is it gross or net though? It's net. It is net. Okay, so so net monthly churn. Great. And then where are you doing any paid acquisition at all or are you just doing kind of more kind of growth hacks, getting in the same channels as these other guys that are pouring money on ads?
1: Yeah, we're, we're, do, we're doing some some paid stuff. Um, you know, a lot of where it makes most sense, like we'll do a little bit on like Apple search ads, some retargeting, things like that. Um, the general philosophy is we never want to Pay for a user that, you know, has, you know, ideally we can get sort of like a two month payback period, um, because of, you know, they'll do that annual subscription and pay us $60, but we never want, um, to see anything close to, you know, past 13 months.
0: Got it. So, so fairness, well, hold on, let me make sure you're kind of between two and 13 months. Two months would be kind of 10 bucks. 13 months would be, you know, call it 65 bucks, something like that. Is that generally accurate? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Interesting. Um, how do you, being at the scale that you're at, how do you decide what tests to run, and and if so, uh, what uh amount of money will you drive through a new channel to get a cohort that's that's something that you can actually analyze with meaningful results?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think we're we're now ready to sort of experiment and, and, and grow a lot faster. So you know, if we talk again in a, in a few months, I think it have some more results for you. But one of the bigger tests we're doing right now actually is um, selling lands to teams. So product called Everland's Team, and it's kind of basically almost like selling a group license of the consumer product, but pricing can look very different, um, sort of what the company needs. Um, one way that we sort of think about it is kind of like Dropbox. So Dropbox is a great productivity tool. Eventually, someone will bring that tool into the workplace, um, and then there'll be sort of like an administrator who wants it to tie into payroll or wants to see all their employees from a web dashboard. Um, and so that's pretty interesting to us. We've had a lot of inbound interest um, for that product. Um, a lot of times, like, we can't really serve it. It's like, oh, this would be great if it tied into, um, you know, Workday or, you know, Oracle or something, you know, some big sort of heavyweight thing like that. Um, but in general, we're excited by that because we think that the the pricing could be, you know, pretty different.
0: Yeah. And and tell me about funding history. Have you bootstrapped or raised?
1: We raise money. We raise money right out of the gate. Um in total, we've raised um, a little less than three million.
0: Okay, got it. Why did you make the decision to raise right out of the gate? It seems like something pretty lightweight you could get off the ground with just sweat equity.
1: I know, I know. Well, man, we're, we're thinking about it now because like, man, now that the model's working, it's like, do we just like work hard and sprint to ten million of ARR and then and then sort of look around for for institutional capital and um, you know sort of deserve, you know, work our way into that better valuation. But a lot of it was just, um, you know, we had been in business school for two years. My co-founder was immigrating from Mexico to California. Um, and also, we kind of realized that we needed to fund a bunch of product development. And so our v- business model being sort of, you know, it's really more almost, you know, freemium than SaaS, right? Um, eventually, it looks like SaaS, but, um, you know, we needed to get a big user base. And we weren't sure, you know, what, you know, marketing channels would work for us or that partnerships could work. Um, and so we sort of saw that there'd be a big cash gap of potentially, you know, a million dollars before we had anything real coming in. And so it seemed like a good use case for, you know, a little bit of seed money.
0: And what's the team size today?
1: There are 15 of us.
0: 15 all in San Fran?
1: Mostly San Fran, but we have folks, um, in Portland, Atlanta. So scattered, scattered around, but mostly San Francisco.
0: That's very good. All right, man, let's, uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. First question. What's your favorite business book?
1: All right, um, you know a great one I read recently was Titan. Um, it's a biography on Rockefeller. It's just a that story.
0: is a that thing is a. Mon- I'm looking at it right now, and I think that's a monster. You got through the whole oh, thing. Man.
1: Oh yeah, I read that. Read the recently read the biography on Carnegie. Um, Made in America by Sam Walton. I really liked. I yeah. think it's kind of inspiring to read some of these way older sort of entrepreneurs, and you kind of see. Some things are the same, you know, and some things are different. And um, I think it's far enough that it, that it gives gives you kind of a fun perspective on things.
0: If you guys enjoyed those kinds of books, you will love. There's a series on the Discovery Channel called uh, Made in America that talks about yep. like Rockefeller, all these guys, and it's a really well-produced show. And then additionally, what's the other one called? Um, oh, there's another segment. It's like an eight-hour show called, I think, The Men Who Built America, another great tie into the Rockefellers and JP Morgans of the world. So it's funny that you're jumping on that. All right. Number two, Alex, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now?
1: Yeah, um, I think, you know, the in terms of what I read, you know, quarterly annual reports, conference calls, um, Brad Smith at Intuit, um, and Mark Benioff at Salesforce. I think Mark Leonard, Constellation Software, has also been super interesting for me. Just sort of seeing um, how he's sort of, you know, watched the the SaaS business model evolve um, those would be the three that come to mind.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I think about what Brad recently did with T sheets, you know, I had Matt Rissell on the show. He positioned T sheets, number one in the Intuit app exchange many years ago, grew basically to 30 million in ARR. And then recently Brad took them out, basically paid him almost 10 X ARR to acquire the company. Um, I wonder if that's a strategy you implement as well. The problem is they already have a product that competes directly. So I don't know if <laughs> yeah. they'd let you list in the app store or not. Yeah. Are you listed there? Um, we're not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business?
1: Um, two tools that we started using recently that I like a lot is one, is sketch. So being someone who like doesn't have great design skills, it's been super approachable for me and been a way to get closer with the product. Um, and then another one actually, I guess we've used from the start that's been huge is just mixed panel. So sort of just having those insights on what users are doing and being able to set up, you know, campaigns and things like that.
0: Yep. Alex, how many hours of sleep do you sleep to get every night? between six and eight. Okay, it's pretty good. And what's your situation, married, single, you have kids?
1: Engaged. Ah, so congratulations. Be, thank you, I'll be married in September, so that's very excited exciting.
0: for that. So no kids yet, right? No kids. All right, and how old are you? I'm 30. 30, last question, what do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Um, just be more
1: patient. You know, I think, you know, good things will come, you know, the bad things, you know, they'll go away. Just be more patient.
0: Guys, be more patient. He uh, went through, uh, you know, done investing, went through his MBA, found eventually found a CTO partner back in 2016 to build Everlance. You know, it's a much better mousetrap to get access to financial data and then figure out how to provide utility value to end consumers and teams from that data. They currently have over 400,000 folks using Everlance really to help them automatically travel, sorry, and track uh, their mileage in almost like a Tinder for taxes kind of way. They raised 3 million bucks June 2017, had about 10,000 customers, 50 grand in MR, now uh, tripled, both those numbers. So healthy growth, 2% net monthly revenue churn, which is the same as logo churn. In this case, one pricing plan. They'll spend anywhere between two months of uh, of customer value up to you know, 12, 13 months of lifetime value to acquire these customers. Healthy economics. Alex, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you.